Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Stacey Morgan and joining me is the fabulous Regold. Hi, Ray. Hello. How's it going? Really, really well. You, when we're recording this, you have a beanie on because you're freezing and I am sweltering in the summer Australian heat. Where do you think I wish I was? <laughs> I don't blame you. It's absolutely beautiful. You'll have to come back. But today we're talking about not the weather, but instead something that's a little bit more close to my heart in that we're going to talk about what happens when a student leaves your studio. As this goes live, a lot of studio owners on your side of the world will be thinking about how am I going to retain the students that I have now for the next season coming into, into September and heading into your next season. For me, I've just come out of our summer and now we're well and truly into the swing of the year. But we have, no matter what side of the world we're on, we all have that time where we think, is anyone going to come back? Am I going to open the doors and nobody is going to be there? It's always a funny time for studio owners. I agree. The catch to that is that I look at it as though maybe I'm going to end my season having registered as many of those students as I can because there really isn't any business that says, okay, goodbye everyone for a couple months and I hope you come back. I'll just cross my fingers and hope for the best. Okay. <laughs> but what happens when you have registered lots of your students and then you have students that choose to go elsewhere? I know I've had my studio for nine years and that summer period for me is always a mix of emotions. It's always the high and jubilation of the recital, the experience that the children have had. You get so excited because it's been such a wonderful season and everything's great. And then you hear that a student that you love and that you've you know, invested in is going to choose to go somewhere else. And you kind of come crashing down to this, I was going to say reality, but it's kind of lower than reality. It's like, oh, really, I've worked so hard and, and here we are. And I find that over the nine years, every summer, and whilst it's become less and less students, every summer, there seems to be one or two that decide that, that your place is not for them. So my question to you, Ray, is how, as a studio owner, do you pick yourself up from that? How do you not let that become the thing that dictates your mood for the entire summer? Okay. I'm going to be a little smart when I say this the first, when I give you my first answer here. Have you thought about the 198 students that did return, or are you only thinking about the two who did not return? Well, there is some negative bias to that, I must admit. I can have 198 who sign up and who are happy and who are excited and whose parents love me, but it's still those two that seem to make me go, oh. I, I kind of look at it like this. We're, we're going to have to get used to it because it's going to happen every year. It is something that we need to understand and not let bring us down so much when we lose one of those kids. Sometimes a kid leaves because their next door neighbor goes to another school or that 
it's more convenient to carpool with this family who lives in the neighborhood. So we're switching to this other school. And sometimes people think the grass is greener somewhere else. The catch is that we as studio owners can't get upset with these people. I feel like if someone tells me they're not registering, I might respond by saying, wow, we're really going to miss Susie. Know that our door is always open. Because those that think the grass is greener somewhere else may discover in two lessons that it isn't greener and they want to come back. But because we maybe were negative when they made this decision, they feel uncomfortable coming back. Yep. And the the door is always open is what I say. And sometimes I feel like not saying that. I don't ever. <laughs> I always say it because, of course, that's part of our philosophy and part of our values. But sometimes inside of me, I'm like, don't you dare to, <laughs> don't you dare leave me and then decide to come back. You should have stuck around in the first place. <laughs> There is a difference between what we think in our heads and what comes out of our mouths. And what you're thinking in your head is not wrong. But if you're a professional when it comes to being a dance educator, business owner, then you use the words that are the professional words to use. But I, I also, I, I, we keep coming back to this and every time we talk, but confidence, confidence that the 198 love what you're doing and only two of them decided they didn't like it. Because you know what? That could have been 25. That could have been 30. <laughs> and you know the old saying, it, and I'm sure that it's an old saying in Australia, is that you can't win them all and you're not going to please everyone. What I think is that we become so close to these kids or or we watch them grow and evolve and become stronger and, and more knowledgeable. And now we, we get to a certain point and they're leaving us. That's the part of this that's hard. It's actually the, the relationship, the caring for the child that makes it difficult. Absolutely. It, it's got nothing to do with the number that they are in the account system or, you know, that they are the back, you know, the back of the triangle in the, in the group. It's about investing in the kids and in their educational journey. And, and you see, we map out our customer journey as part of our studio um, strategic planning. We know what we want them to do when they're a twinkle toe and we know what we want them to do when they're a graduate, whether they're graduating to be a dancer or whether they're graduating to be an accountant. It doesn't matter. They're part of that journey. And when that journey gets cut off short, it's really heartbreaking because that's not uh, how you saw it going. I don't disagree with you. And I can remember when I had my first school, I had maybe 20 kids and there was this preschooler that I just loved her, a little blonde, blue-eyed, she wore a red leotard. And I just couldn't wait every week to see her. And then she wasn't there for a couple of weeks. And I called her mom and her mom says, she's really not into it. And I was so sad. It took me the whole season, the whole year of doing that class before I got over it. But 
it's it's the way our business is gonna go and and we we have to get used to it and we have to be able to be confident in ourselves i want to add one more thing that i think is a reason why it bothers us so much is I think the fact that the child and the mom go somewhere else and actually might say, well, we came from so-and-so's school, that that's a big fear. Yes, massive fear. Because then they, you know, they're thinking, well, what's wrong with that? What are they doing wrong? But in reality, if you decided to go from one grocery store to a different grocery store, it, it, you just did, you didn't make the choice because you were mad at the first grocery store. You saw something more that you thought you wanted at the second one, right? Right. Exactly right. And I'm sure the, the owner of the grocery store is not crying on their pillow at night because I went somewhere else. Right. He has no idea that you did. So that's the difference. It's, it's the relationship, which is what our business is all about. That's the difference. But if we could go a little bit more like the grocery store owner goes, I think emotionally we'd be in a much better place. How about you? Absolutely. Um, and my husband would be in a much better place as well because he seems to cop it every summer when I come home and go, you won't believe this, but so-and-so is leaving. It's a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. And, and so... When you hear, now I'm going to ask you a question. When that so-and-so was leaving and you were telling your husband about it, what do they usually say is the reason? Putting me on the spot. Well, that's, it's always a different reason for different people. And it can be as simple as the schedule works better down the road. Or it can be that they've had a problem with um, one of the teachers that's been teaching them in my school. Um, and, you know, then that's a, that's a management and leadership um, that, that's feedback I have to take on from a management and leadership perspective and make sure that I'm making sure we're doing the very best job that we can. Or it can be my child has friends from school that are going to the other school. So they want to be with their school friends at dancing, which is always hard because then you go, oh, well, so I've done nothing wrong and I'm still losing you. <laughs> I think sometimes it's easier when they give you negative feedback and say, well, you didn't do this and this and this. And that's what, what, that's what I need. That's kind of tangible. You can hold on to that and go, okay, I'll, I'll do that better next time. But when it's something out of your control, like, you know, our friends are going there, it's like, oh, heart-wrenching. What, what's funny about that is I was going to give you an opposite response. So you said uh, the schedule fits in better. You can't do anything about that, right? Right. And here's the second thing. Their friend goes there. This is where the kid wants to be because she wants to be with their friend. You really can't do anything about that. So could you not actually look at it and be thankful that someone who's leaving doesn't say those two things, but says, you know what? One of your faculty people said this or did this. It offended me or whatever, where you are learning what you can't have happen in your school any longer or something that you knew nothing about that you can make change and not lose any more students for that reason. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, like you said, you, you'd like to have that reason, but you also have to look and go, okay, that was a good answer. But these other answers, they're not bad ones. It's just like, well, I can't compete with that. Yeah. 
and maybe and, then I can be a bit easier on myself. Right. And, and so that person that, that went because the schedule was better may come back to your school when your schedule works for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't leave because they dislike you or they think that school's better than you. They left because they have Tuesday at four o'clock free. And this studio happens to have a class. And next year, they're going to look around, and you're going to have a class on Friday, and that's the day they're going to be looking for that year, and they may land back with you. But the first time they left, you lost two hours of sleep, and your husband had to stay up with you all night long to calm you down. Two hours, two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about faculty, Ray. This is something as a dance studio owner that I really struggle with in that my teachers also get very invested in these students. And when they leave, the teachers take it very, they take it to heart. And then I find that I have to be the leader, of course, because that's my role. And I have to be lifting everybody up and going, no, it's fine. Let's go. We've got all these great things. We've got 198 students that love us that we need to focus our attention on. But I find, as this is the ninth year, that that some of some of my teachers, not all of them, with that constant knockdown, are starting to get a bit resentful and starting to go, well, it's, you know, maybe next time I just won't invest so much in the child. How do you, how do you find that balance when teachers get a bit jaded because they're, they're hurt, they're hurting? Okay, this is what I'll say about that. Every one of us said that when we lost the student. We all said, okay, that's it. I'm not getting close to my kids again. And we all do. So she's feeling the same emotion. It doesn't mean she won't get close to the kids again because of the the occupation we're in. You You can't help but appreciate and care for these kids. So she's not going to be able to change that. I I look at it as you're going to have to talk to that person like I talk to you. You realize, if I'm talking to her, you realize that this kid didn't leave because she didn't like your class. She left because we happened to have her class on Thursday and she needs a Tuesday. And I, as the leader and owner of the school, I can accept that. I need you to accept it too. Yep. And, and if somebody let, leaves because of a teacher's actions or a teacher's words, I'm going to go in the room with that teacher and I'm going to say, I know you care about your kids, but perception is important around here. Why do you think this mom felt this way? Or why do you think this child felt that way? I wouldn't hide from my faculty uh, that someone left and had a problem with them. Doesn't mean I jump right on them and believe the person who left. Because mm-hmm. perception goes in two ways. Like I could say, you know, you, you, you look beautiful today to a child and somehow that could get interpreted the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the point that I'm making here is, is we can bring our faculty up and, and explain that we're pretty confident that this is not a sign of us not being a good school. But if someone does have an issue, I think it's important that we discuss it and, and uh, get their side of the story. And even if the parent was wrong, 
you know that it's going to make that teacher think about that perception and she may change how she takes action the next time in the same situation. I, I don't mean to keep talking, but I want to say this. You, it, this, this business that we're in, there is no school to go and learn how to do this. We are always growing and learning and evolving. And that is something that you have to accept. You, we could talk at, at your 15th anniversary year and you could say, wow, I had this thing happen this year. This kid left for this reason. And it's a brand new reason. It's a brand new thing. This is who we are. And that's what our business is all about. That's awesome. Thank you, Ray. You've put my mind at ease. <laughs> Next summer, I'm going to call you. Okay, you call me anytime. You call me anytime. And and if you wanted me to give a closing word on this, I'd say appreciate the ones who are there and who are so loyal to you and love what you do in your school. Sometimes I think we forget that. And that one upset person can put us in a a phase of personal devastation for a period of time. And we're not recognizing how many people are happy. It's like we don't believe the happy ones, but we believe the one that's negative. That's the one. I need, to, right. go. I need to go because those 198 kids need me, need my <laughs> energy and attention and devotion. <laughs> All right, you can go. I'll let you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Regold's Dance Life podcast. We'd love you to share the podcast with anybody that you have that you know would get some benefit from it, especially dance studio owners. If you've heard this, this has resonated with you and you want to share it with your teachers, we'd love you to get them to subscribe as well. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. And we'd love it if you left us a rating or review. Ree, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This was fun. Let's do it again. Enjoy the journey, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Ree Gold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Ree Gold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 